So excited to have you at church online celebrating Easter with us. Um, I don't know about you, but if you would have asked me um, just four weeks ago, three, maybe even three weeks ago, if we would all be having service uh, in, in, in our homes for Easter, I would have said there's no way. It's impossible. I, I couldn't even have fathomed that. How many think the same thing? I mean, it, it's crazy. See, I, I, I would have thought, man, we're going to be back together. We're going to celebrate. But here's what I know. You couldn't come to church, but we're bringing church to you. And we're just excited to be a part of that experience. And I, I, I know that we got people dressed up. I'm looking at our team. KJ, you're looking fly, man. Looking you got fresh. all dressed up. See, nice. the, the, you got to look. Hey, somebody pan it over there. Can somebody show me? So, look, look how good KJ and everybody's got Same. their jackets. Nice. Vanessa, nice. you're looking nice. Thank you. So are I you. know. Thank you. Love look, we got colors. dressed up. And so, ex- hey, right? listen, I bet there are people that right now you're dressed up as well. You know, one of the things I said was let's do Easter uh, the, the same way we would have done it if we'd be, if we were together. And so uh, many of you got dressed, you did your hair, your nails, kind of, uh, <laughs> sort of, yeah. And uh, I, I just, I wish I could see you. I mean, I know they look good. They look I'm, fly. I'm sure they do. So I'm sure they do. You got to do this. Why don't you take a selfie with your family? Get your kids, everybody take a selfie and why don't you put a hashtag and tag me, tag us, tag the church. Um, we want to, I want to see it. In fact, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go back and look at all the hashtags. I'm going to see how good you look, how on point you, you know, I'm thinking about Jonathan, you know, Jonathan, he'd be wearing his suit. Oh, I know. Absolutely. And he's got his shoes. He'd Super be on fresh. point. Come on. Super nice. What they call it on flick. Yeah. No. Come on. He'd be right. Come on. Somebody, <laughs> your pastor. Is that right? Come on. Somebody. No, no. <laughs> no. they, uh, listen, so I'm just imagining some of you looking just fly. And, uh, you know, my kids are at home looking fly right now. I mean, we're, we're recording this with you. And so I just, I know they look good. My wife looks good. Show us, show us. I want to go back and look. Hashtag, what is it? It's AB Easter 2020. Yes. AB Easter. You were no help, Vanessa. <laughs> you just looked at me and you I were going. I think it's hashtag <laughs> Anchor Bend Easter 2020. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Something. Anchor Bend Easter 2020. AB uh, Easter 2020, whatever. We just want to see you. I want to see you. And I'm, I'm excited to go back and look at that. Yeah, I want you to know as a church, I, I miss you. Um, Phyllis and I, we miss you. We miss being together. I miss seeing your face. I miss standing in the breezeway. Come on. How many of you right now would love to have a Pastor Jim hug right now in the breezeway, a high five? And you know, I'm missing that. I miss Phyllis Rosenbaum. I'm thinking about you. I get my hug. I got all my ladies uh, from uh, the Dell Webb community. They come yes. in, you guys sit on the fifth row. You know what I'm talking about? So there's them. a revival happening in Dell Webb and they sit on about the fifth row and I'm missing all of my ladies, um, you know, Glenda and all the, every, it, it just, to me, I miss that. I miss those hugs. And so I can't wait to be back with you, uh, hugging your necks, high-fiving you. Um, but, but I'm grateful for technology. I'm grateful that we can still be connected and experience this together. And, and I want you to know, you know, one of the things that's been hard as a staff, we've been working on is communication. Uh, you think that people know what's happening and the truth is it's hard. The world is moving fast. Not everybody knows. And as a pastor of this great church, I want you to know where some churches are stepping back, we're stepping up. There are so many in our dream team that are on our outreach teams. Those of you that are giving, uh, people aren't stepping away. We're stepping into this moment. And that's exactly what I believe the church is supposed to be, that the church is called to step into times of crisis, that we're not to step back. We're not to shrink away. We have the hope. We have the answer. We have the solution. I don't just tell you, 
you know, about just a couple of things that, I mean, first off, if you weren't there at the Night of Hope on Thursday night at 7 p.m. where we partnered with KSBJ, we partnered with Oak Bend Hospital, I'm telling you, you missed it. You got to go to Facebook. You got to look at the pictures. Yes. You got to see what God did. I mean, it was amazing the response and how people lit up and cars honking and waving. Why? Because Jesus is in the middle. And those circumstances try to pull us down and push us down. We choose to rise up and be the, the church and feel, feel hope everywhere we go. And so church is stepping up. I, I was thinking about the team. Man, I am so excited. I don't know if you guys are excited, but I'm pumped about this. Sunday of hope. It's going to be great. Uh, you know, the truth is I was watching a film. I saw a church and, and the whole idea came just, they were doing drive-in church. They were doing it every week. That wasn't really something that I felt called to do, but I thought, what if we did it one day? What if we just said, look, we're in week four. Yes. I mean, what was it? I don't keep count. And somebody was know. numbering the days. I I'm know. like, I, I, I've, <laughs> I've lost count how many days. And so, but what's the point of that? We're bringing hope. People are going to meet together. We're going to honk horns and have the word. We're going to have a 9 and 11 a.m. service. It's going to be amazing. The team is is working hard. We're going to have production. It's, it's going to be great. Why? Because we're stepping up, not stepping back. Come on. That's good. And I'm, I'm proud of Kenzie. She serves in our Next Steps uh, team. And she's a business owner. And she's busy. She's trying to figure out this new normal with, every, with, with everything going on, just like everybody else. She committed to make some phone calls. She said, I don't, I don't even like being on the phone, but I'm going to make these phone calls. She calls and a young lady, uh, uh, she's about 19, 20 years old, picks up the phone, and uh, she begins to talk to her. She says, hey, can I, can I ask you, you know, you've come to the church, we have your phone number, uh, do you need anything? The girl said, no. Uh, can we help you with anything? No, I'm good. Can I pray for you? And she said, she paused, and uh, she said, yes, and so Kinsey prays for her. You know, she's thinking, okay, just wait. it wasn't like this big long prayer. The whole phone call took three minutes. And so she hangs up and doesn't think anything of it. Lo and behold, that girl posts on Facebook, a post to Facebook that we found and got a hold of. She tagged our church and she said she was laying on her bed, depressed, afraid, full of hopelessness. She cried out to God. It's just, just, just in, her, in, her, in her heart, said, God, I just, I need you. And at that moment, according to her words on Facebook, she said, at th that moment, the phone rang from a number that she didn't recognize. She said, I never answered that phone, especially people I don't recognize. She said, I felt glad I, I answered it. And guess what? It was Kinsey on the other line. She said, but th that lady prayed. She didn't know who it was. She said, that lady prayed for me. And she said, by the end of the call, I hung up and she began to weep at what God had just done in that simple phone call. Think about it. Three minutes can make a difference. Every call matters. These, this is what your dream team is. We made thousands and thousands of phone calls. And, and I'm just so proud where people are stepping back. Listen, as the church, you're stepping up. And I'm so proud of you. Listen, thank you for being generous and giving. Thank you for being faithful in your tithes and your offering. It, it makes a difference. It allows us to do what we can do as the church. And I want you to know, I, I got dozens and dozens of stories. But I just got this one story from a, from a single mom who is homeless living out of her car, and she's desperate. CPS is threatening. She's got a case with CPS. They're threatening to take the kids out of the home. She said, I've been living in my car, going from this hotel room to the car. Just, I'm, I'm struggling right now, desperate, but I found an efficiency apartment. I can afford the apartment, but the problem is I can't afford the deposit. 
And so I want you to know that as a church, when we found out about that, guess what? We paid the deposit, but not only paid the deposit so that she could have stable housing, we actually gave her a month full of groceries and we're making a difference in her life. A lady who otherwise would be homeless right now in this crisis. Could you imagine being homeless? But it's because of your generosity. It's amazing. I have a friend, in fact, the, the LA Dream Center, Many of you know we have this Fort Bend Dream Center. Well, it's modeled after Matthew Barnett, the LA Dream Center. And uh, they have a need. They're feeding 75,000 people a week. 75,000 people a week. And so we heard about that, reached out to them. And I want you to know as a church, you fed 10,000 people in Los Angeles last week who otherwise would not have had food on their table. He said it's a crisis, unlike anything he's ever seen. He's never seen so many hungry people, students and kids and teenagers hungry because they depend on the school system for food and for meals. And so because of your generosity, we were able to feed 10,000 people. Internationally, we got an email from one of our missions partners in Uganda. They have an orphanage. They help people, uh, not only orphans, but they help those that medically are challenged. We got an email, there was a need. $3,000 is what they needed. Uh, the government, Uganda, has shut down everything for 32 days. We sent them the $3,000. I mean, how many know sometimes you need to pray, but sometimes money is what they need? Let's, let's not only pray for people, but let's meet the need. I, I just want you to hear his words to you as a church. This is what he said to me in the email. He said, Pastor, it's midnight in Uganda, and we just finished a meeting with our team planning how best we would save our most vulnerable, not knowing where the money would come from, and immediately, immediate, so think about this, they're they praying in the midnight hour, and immediately your donation came through. It's a miracle provision for us. Thank you greatly for this life-changing donation. Life-changing. Think about that. Your giving is literally changing the world and saving lives. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for your faithfulness. If you haven't gone digital, I'm going to ask you to go digital. Uh, just consider going to the places they told you earlier. And uh, we're going to continue to make a difference. We're going to continue to change lives. We're going to continue to let you hear about the stories that you're a part of. Now, today, I'm pumped today. I've had this message in my heart. It has been burning. You're going to have to contain me. Um, because this message, I'm, I, man, if I've ever had a word, I believe this word is for you. I believe that there are many of you right now, you, you find yourself realizing that there's a gap in your life of where you are now versus where God wants you to be. And you've tried to fill that gap. You've tried, to, you've tried to close in that gap. But the problem is you hadn't invited God to be a part of that journey. And today, I want you to know, I believe God's going to close that gap. That God's going to use this message to put you in a fresh place, a new place. And uh, I believe it's going to give you hope and uh, is going to encourage you. And so I'm really, really thrilled. I just want to say a quick prayer about it. Father, open our hearts. Open our minds. Help us to be receptive to your word. It's your word that changes our life. Thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen, amen, amen. So thrilled. Listen, I got a question. You know, we're talking about the resurrection, and this is the day we celebrate. That's what Easter is all about. Uh, when you think about the resurrection, 
Have you ever wondered why three days? I mean, think about it. Why three days? You know, think, you got Friday, you have Saturday, you have Sunday, you got the death, the burial, the resurrection. I mean, why, why not just one day? Why not four days? Why not five days? Well, I think part of what we understand uh, as a believer is that Jesus models for us things that we need to know and, and the way that we need to live and principles that we need to glean from in our life. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, this is the Message Bible. It says, this kind of life you've been invited into. So, so, so I've been invited into a life, and it's the kind of life that Christ lived. So in other words, look, I've been invited into this life. What kind of life? The life that Christ lived. So I should look at what's happened, what, look at what's taken place. It all has meaning. It all has purpose. It says he suffered everything that came his way so that you would know that it could be done and also know how to do it step by step. Say that with me. Say step. Come on, Vanessa. Step, step. By, by step. step. Say it again. Everybody say step, step. By, step. by step. So think about that. So he's going to give us a plan. Like there's a step-by-step -step process. And that's what I believe life is. I believe that life is a spiritual journey. You may not even realize it, but everyone is on a spiritual journey in their life. And so God is taking us through this, this journey of life, and how do we get there? We get there step by step. And so three days, what do they mean? I think the first thing we understand is that Friday is a day of pain. Friday represents the day of pain. Think about Jesus. This day uh, that, that he that he is now, he's being scourged. I mean, it's a day of pain. Think about the crucifixion. Think about what took place, the nails in his hands, the crown on his head. Think about the stripes on his back. I mean, I want you to get a picture of this because sometimes we don't fully understand the pain that Jesus went through. Isaiah 52, 14 is a passage that will help us really understand. Look, it says, just as... Look at what it says, just as many were appalled at him, his appearance was disfigured beyond that of any other man. His visage was marred more than that of any man. So when you think about that, that means nobody has ever had this, the, the pain expressed through their body like Jesus. Beyond that of any other man, his form was marred beyond any human likeness. So you couldn't even recognize him. That's how bad he had been beaten, how bad he had been tortured. It was a day of pain. He experienced pain. But, but when he experienced the pain, guess what? He can help you experience it. So he knows what it's like. He knows what a bad day is like. He knows what it's like when you experience the pains of life. And, and I know right now, many of you are experiencing the pain of life. I mean, the pain is real. Look, for many, you staying at home, there's a little bit of an inconvenience. But look, there is a lot of people that are, look, you're experiencing emotional pain. I mean, it's been really difficult. You're that, you're that sanguine. The one when I was talking about you wanted to see uh, Pastor Jim and hug. You're like, oh, please, if I could just get a high five, a fist bump, a handshake, something. You know, so there's this emotional disconnect. I got I to gotta be around people. And there are, there's this amazing amount of emotional pain. There's relational pain and physical pain and financial pain. And I know this. I know that many of you in our church are experiencing pain too. How do I know? Because I've been talking to you. I got people in my small groups that are experiencing pain. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about one, that, one of, one of the, the, the men that serve in our elementary department. His name is John. He works in the travel industry. 
Well, guess what? People are not traveling. They're not taking vacations. And so he, all the people in his, in his work were laid off. And so here he is. He's trying to get his life going, just move to Rosenberg, getting everything situated, trying to get his finances in order. And then all of a sudden COVID hits and he's no longer got a job. There is a financial pain that's taken place in his life. And I want you to know as a church, you blessed him so that he could pay his rent and you were able to move his life forward. And we found out because he was connected with people, connected with the body. And now, even though he's experiencing pain, there's some relief. But I'm thinking about, you know, friends of mine, uh, Corey and Christy McShannon. Uh, they're in my legacy small group. And I, I got word just this week, we were meeting in our small group, that, that their daughter's boyfriend was driving home late at night. It's 11.30 p.m. Everything seemed fine, but somehow must have fallen asleep, hit a culvert, and flipped his dually end over end. They arrive at the scene, not sure if he's even going to live. He goes to the hospital, critical condition, on a ventilator, chest tubes inside of him. Listen, I know the pain that people are experiencing. Why? Because that life is happening. Bad things are happening to good people. But I want you to know this. There is light at the end of the tunnel. We've been praying for him. He came off the ventilator. They took the chest tubes out. He's recovering. And this is what I know, that God gives us Help and hope and healing in our time of pain. People are experiencing pain. Look, I tell you, I've experienced pain. Haven't told many people. A couple of weeks ago, my uncle passed away. 11 o'clock in the morning. He was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And so we knew that things weren't happening very well. He's, he was sick. But all of a sudden, he gets... He calls my grandpa and says, look, I'm not feeling good, but he was stuck at home. Get a call. He passed away. And it's crazy how you don't even think about the pain that people feel until you experience the pain yourself. But you know what we found ourselves having to do? Cremate the body. Why? Because how are we going to go get it? Well, how do you do a burial? How, how, how do you do a funeral? So we're doing a Zoom memorial for, for, for my uncle. But I want you to know this. There is no pain that God's purpose cannot redeem. And I want you to know that. Listen, though John lost his job, guess what he's been doing? He's been helping in the children's ministry. You've seen his face all over the videos, loving on our kids. Why? Because he's got more time. He said, listen, I'm not going to stay at home and pout and be defeated, but I'm going to use what I have to advance the kingdom of God. I'll tell you this, the pain of losing my uncle. I really, I, I see how God turned that into something that's powerful. You know why? Because I've been more empathetic. I've been able to pastor people better. I've been able to lead my staff better. Why? Because I understand the pain of what, what happened. So God turned my pain into purpose, and he'll do the same for you. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who are called, who, those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God will take what the enemy meant to destroy us and turn it around for good. I want you to see the story of Monique. Check it out. My name is Monique Smith. My journey is a long journey, <laughs> as all of ours is. I was definitely in that place of the battlefield of my mind when I lost a job. Five months later, I lost my husband. 
then I was about to lose my home. Now, mind you, I was already at Lakewood. You know, I went through grief share at Lakewood. I'm thinking I'm okay. But yet, deep down inside, when I went back to my home and it was empty, my husband was no longer there. And I'm like, God, where are you? It wasn't, it just wasn't working. I came to a place where it sounded like I was going to commit suicide, you know, and it, it probably was. I ended up checking into Texano um, Crisis Center, which was across the street from where Anchor Ben was. They allowed us to come out one day. I just knew this is where I needed to be for that restoration period in my life. In my mind, I had a vision for my life, right? Which was, oh, my husband and I are gonna do this and be that. We had our plans, but God plans prevail. And that's what he had to show me. He had to show me. He was like, okay, I'm gonna strip you of all of this so that you know I am God. And so I had to ask God to forgive me for wanting to take my life. And I remember when I called my brother when I was at that place of that despair. And I remember my brother telling me, Nikki, how could you be so selfish wanting to take your life? And it didn't resonate with me at that time, but it resonated with me now. It's selfish. We take our mental health for granted and the word of God speaks of renewing your mind. So you have to renew your mind from the brokenness, from things that people say to you that just keeps playing over in your head like a record player spinning, you know, like a sports record, you know, that you keep telling yourself, you know, you have to work through those fears. You know, you're going to have them, but you have to equip yourself with the tools to get through them. And the Word of God gives you those tools. And being around people who are also in the Word that can give you encouragement in a loving way and give you a safe place to do that. I'm so blessed, very, very blessed that God has redeemed my life and removed that dark cloud you know, that I thought was over because I thought my life ended with my husband. I'm still work in progress. You know, I always tell people I'm a whip. WIP, work in progress. I guess that's what God says. <laughs> Such an amazing story. Look, I want you to know for those of you that are experiencing a day of pain, there is hope. So where Friday represents a day of Pain, what, is, what does Saturday represent? Saturday represents a day of confusion. I mean, think about it. Think about Saturday, what happens. See, Jesus dies on Friday, and the disciples are now experiencing confusion in an unprecedented way. In fact, many of them went back to their old way of life. Peter goes back to fishing. Like, like they're all doing what they were doing before Jesus because they've lost hope. They're afraid. Some are sheltered in rooms. They're nervous. They're confused. And, and when we look at the context of the Bible, it totally makes sense. It's like, 
Wow. I, see, we have hindsight of history. So you go back and you look at history through the Bible and you could say, man, look, Sunday's coming. We're going to experience Easter and a resurrection and it's on the way. Hold on, disciples. They didn't get that luxury. They've just watched Jesus, their rabbi, the Savior, the Lord, the Son of God die in the most brutal way. Can you imagine what they're experiencing? See, movements, see, we look at Christianity as a movement today, but Christianity is not like all the other movements in the world. Movements are birthed and built on ideas. Ideas fuel movements. And so when someone dies, that idea continues to live, so the movement lives on. And so when we, here's civil rights, the civil rights movement. It's birthed on the idea that is a godly biblical idea of equality, that every man should be, that, that we're created equal, that, that we're black, white, Hispanic. It doesn't matter, Indian, it doesn't matter. We're all equal. And we should have the same rights. And so even though tragically Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was murdered, the movement lived on. Why? Because of the idea of equality, the idea of us being equal. And so when you look at Christianity, it wasn't, it wasn't any of that. Jesus was the idea. It's not, it's not about a religious thought. It's not about, wow, I can get to this. No, no, Jesus proclaimed. Look at, look at what he proclaims in John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So look, he's saying, look, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And so you can imagine, they've been saying, look, Jesus, you're the way. Jesus, you're the truth. But, but Jesus is dead. How could this happen? And so the disciples were not rallying behind the banner of Christianity, a follower of Jesus. No, no, they were running away. Why? Because the movement died. And so they're experiencing a dark moment of confusion. And I wonder, as many of you have I've prepared this week, I just I think about you. Look, your life pre-COVID, you had a plan. You, you, you had a vision. I mean, we were all rallying. Remember, we, we've been doing this whole series called Moving Forward. We've been talking about moving forward, moving forward. And it looks like our lives have all moved backwards. Like, it, it didn't turn out the way that I thought it was going to be. Like, God, I thought 2020 was the breakthrough year. 2020 was the banner year. And now what happens is we find ourselves questioning uh, the things that we thought God spoke to us. How many of you have had God speak something to you this year? And you actually have questioned, God, did you really say it? Because if you said it, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And that's what confusion does. Confusion begins to bring doubt. Like, God, I, I, don't, I don't know if you really have the power to do what you said you would do. I I don't know if you can, and even if you, I, I had someone, look, I had someone actually text me. Uh, I'm not even sure how they got my number, got this text, and listen, this way, I said, Pastor, if you get a second, I just want you to hear this, this is someone from our church. They said, look, here's the question I'm asking you, please, can you answer it? And this, this helped me to understand this message. This message is for you. That's right. Look, she asked this, how could a good and loving God allow such evil to exist? Wow, this question. God, how, how, how could you do that? Like, like there's confusion. And I don't think it's, it's just her. I think there are a lot of people that are experiencing confusion. And confusion breeds 
doubt. Look at what James 1.6 says. It says, the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. So the devil brings the storms of life. God didn't cause coronavirus. The enemy did. That's a demonic plan. But I will tell you this, that our God is so big, he will turn what the enemy meant to destroy, to steal, to kill. And God's going to turn it around for life. And we're going to see revival. Think about this. Imagine the thousands. I would even venture to say the millions of people that are watching churches online today on Easter Sunday who would have never stepped foot in our church doors. But look, they don't have sports to watch. There's no restaurant to go out to eat in. There's no mall to walk in. And so we find ourselves sitting here right now in the midst of this situation and this circumstance saying, okay, God, we don't understand. There's confusion, but I know you're still God. You're still powerful. You're still on the throne, and I'm going to choose to trust you. Listen, you need to know there's no confusion that his presence cannot calm. Someone right now, you're you're struggling. I I had someone else email me. She's part of our dream team. She's part of our leadership academy that meets on Tuesday nights. They're still meeting. And she sent me an email and she said, Pastor, I got to be honest with you. I want to be real transparent. I was leaving the church. Well, how many know if you get an email like that, you got my attention. I'm like, well, why are we leaving the church? This ain't the time to leave. What's, What's going on? And do you know what she said? She said, in, 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 in the Leadership Academy, we're having to switch to this Zoom call. I don't know how to do it. I've tried, and is there frustration with doing it? And then now, we can't even go to church. I got to go online and find church. Now, how many, come on, we're just honest. How many have had some trouble trying to find where church is? Is it on Facebook? Is it on YouTube? I don't even know. Is it at church online? It's is like it everywhere. Like, please help me, like, you know? <laughs> and so, it's normal. If, you, if you're sitting back there, and you're like, that's me, I want you to know. It's normal. And so she said, look, I I just struggled. She said, but you said something in one of your messages. You told us that you were struggling too. And I want you to know we struggled. Like, look, there's hope. But there's a steep learning curve to the technology. I can't tell you how many times I've asked my staff, now, how do I do this? What do I got to do? And so you're not alone, but don't allow the storm to bring confusion, which then causes you to doubt that God brought you to this church. God connected you to your small group. I know it's hard. I know you got to figure it out. I, I, I met with, with one of my other legacy guys, and it was a great story. We're all doing drive through having a picnic on our tailgate, and lo and behold, he drives around, and he said, yeah, you know, I'm trying to get on the small group, but I'm trying to figure out the zoom and this is what I know that's okay because yeah. guess what he figured it out and he's 60 some years old he's like I'm gonna figure it out I got it on my phone and he's doing it we're gonna work through this we're gonna get better because we've got to rally as the church and we're not gonna let it stop us we're not gonna allow ourselves to get in confusion we're not gonna doubt the power of God he's called us to come together and we're gonna continue to spend time in his presence look at Psalm 73 16 and 17 When I tried to understand all of this, what's that mean? There's confusion, technology, schools. How many parents are out there? You know what I'm talking about? Hey, are we going back on May 4th? When are we going back? Are we going back in August? Look, don't don't even worry about it. When I try to understand all the things that are happening, look at what happens. It said, it troubled me deeply. In other words, I had questions. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, and then I understood 
You're in the right place at the right time right now. In churches where you need to be. Look, we do prayer 9 a.m. on Saturdays. Come and be a part of the presence. When you start to feel confusion, when you start to feel like, like you start to doubt what God has spoken to, you got to get into his presence. There is nothing like being in the presence of God. That's where the peace of God transcends the, the, the storms of life in our hearts. So some of you found yourself in a Friday of life. Some of you, it's a Saturday, it's the confusion. What's the third thing? Sunday. Sunday represents the resurrection. Come on. That's what we celebrate. This is a day of hope that our God, he, he, the power of God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And that power is what's available to us. Look, this isn't some religious story. This isn't some fairy tale. This is fact that Jesus, all God, yet all man, came to this earth, lived 33 years of sinless life because he had a mission. He wasn't down here just playing around. He had a mission. And that mission was to willingly give his life so that his blood would pay the price for our sins. And then he went to hell. He took the, the keys from the devil himself, and God raised him up. Resurrection power. That's the hope of Easter, that we don't have to stay in a day of pain. We don't, we don't have to stay in a day of confusion. We can move to a day of hope, and that hope is Jesus. Look at what it says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. I want to know Christ. This is Paul speaking to the Philippian church. He said, and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. So Paul's saying, look, I don't want to just know about him. I want to know Christ. And that's the value of our church. The first thing is we want people to know God. That it's, it's, a, it's a relationship. It's not religion. Religion will bind you up. Relationship will set you free. He said, look, I want to know Christ. I want to experience what? What do you want to experience, Paul? I want to experience the power of the resurrection. Easter was never intended to be an event you attend, but to be an experience that you have. Yeah, we can come to church. We can set our clocks and all come together. But the question is, have you experienced the resurrecting power of God in your life? That's the beauty of our faith in Christianity. Look at what it says in Romans 8, 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. If you're a believer, that ought to, that ought to change the game. That means that the Spirit of God, I've, 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 I've confessed my sins. I've received his forgiveness. I've, I've chosen to put my trust in Jesus to save me. I've had a salvation experience. And because of that, the Spirit of God is on the inside of me. It lives in me. And it says, look, just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life. He gives you life. Where are your mortal bodies? By the same spirit living within. Look, some of you are tired. You need, you need the resurrected power of God fully activated. on the It's already available to you. The resurrecting power of God. It's in some of you, even right now, it's in, it's in, your, it's in your home. It's at the hospital. It's in the car. It's wherever you're at right now. You feel his presence. His power is right there. So, so what do you do? Well, we, we, we just have to pray. We say, God, I need you. I can't tell you. 
<laughs> there are some interesting things that are happening with the COVID. Like, I thought I was disciplined before, but I have never prayed so much. Like I'm praying now. Why? I need his resurrecting power inside of me. Why? Because I face pain just like you. I face confusion just like you. God, why don't we have an Easter? God, how come we can't? This doesn't mean, I mean, listen, you're not alone. I need you to know. You're not alone. We've all experienced it. But here's what I do want you to know. I don't stay in pain. I don't stay in confusion. Every morning, God, I need that resurrecting power to come inside of me. So what am I doing? I just, God, here's my cares. Here's my worries. Here's my concerns. I just need more. I worship. Father, I'm desperate for you. I'm hungry for you. Some of you right now, you just, why don't you just tell God right where you're at. God, I'm asking you to fill me with your resurrecting power. That God, the same power that raised Jesus, it's available. And I'm, I'm asking you for it. Fill me. Tell him what you need. Some of you, you need peace. You hadn't slept. In fact, you're watching right now. And you feel like you have insomnia. God's healing you from that right now. It's, it's, it's not something physical. It's, a, it's, it's your soul. Your soul has not been at rest. Father, let right now insomnia go away right now in Jesus' name. Some of you have been walking in strife, hollering at your kids, hollering at your spouse. It's not what they're doing. It's the condition of your soul. It's what's taking place here. Look, and on resurrecting Sunday, look, on Easter Sunday, the power of God is available. So just ask him, God, I, I just need your grace. I just need your peace. Look, teenager, I'm talking to my son, Caden and Carson, Addison and Raylan. Look, you need the power of God. I know you're not sitting in your classroom and you'd love to be sitting in the elementary class. And, but right now, Raylan, Caden, Carson, Addison, can we, just, can we just call out to God? Teenagers are walking through isolation in an unprecedented way. Children, and Father, your presence is there. Move supernaturally. We thank you, Father, move. We worship you, God. God, we praise you. Now, I want to speak to another group right now. You're experiencing the pain of a Friday, the confusion of a Saturday, but you don't and haven't experienced the hope of Jesus, the resurrection. And so when I talk about the Spirit of God lives inside of you according to what the Scriptures and the Word just said, you've never had the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You've never surrendered your life to Him. You've never asked Him to be the Lord and the Savior of your life. In fact, you've been leading your life up until now and you've made a mess. And I want you to know this, Jesus loves messes. You don't have to clean yourself up. Doesn't matter what you were doing last night. Doesn't matter what you were doing just before this. God came looking for you. And this is a moment of surrender. That you can experience the resurrection for yourself. The power of God. You say, well, how do I do it, Pastor? Well, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts, God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you will be saved.